0: is real there's power in your name we find hope and trust in your ways we Jesus is real Christians should treat people the best out of anybody because we realize That the only thing someone needs to be a saint is for them to put their faith and trust in Jesus. So if it's your brother or sister in Christ, they are already a saint. And so you should receive people and treat them in place with their position. And if someone doesn't know Jesus, maybe your kindness, maybe your generosity of spirit might be the thing that causes them to consider Jesus. Then they put their faith and trust in Jesus. And guess what? Then they become a saint.
1: How you treat people matters to God. In fact, as Pastor Daniel shares today, the way you treat others is a good barometer of who Jesus is in your life. You'll discover that the more that you connect with God's unconditional love and transformative power, you'll be able to reach out to the people around you with kindness and respect. Pastor Daniel reminds you that showing that kind of love to people can actually draw them toward God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 16 as he begins his message. Hello.
0: So today, as a family of faith, we're going to do a little sing-along together. I want to have some fun with you all today. So is everyone ready to sing? Okay, so I don't believe you. So, so let's, 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 all, let's all warm up those vocal cords a little more. Go la 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 la. la, 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 la. Okay, do it again a little louder. Go la, 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 la. la, 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 la. Okay, I'm going to sing a song. It's a classic song. I'm going to sing one word, and you're all going to finish the line for me. Okay, but you got to do it loud. Are you ready? Hello. Hello. There we go. You guys know it now, right? Lionel Richie, 1984. Hello. We're going to have to work on it, get a choir here or something. You guys are just too good. I, I'll never forget, like, that was at a time when MTV was only music videos. Some of you are like, I didn't even know that MTV had music videos. But back in the day, it was all, and I'll never forget, good old Lionel Richie didn't know who he was. I wasn't alive when he was like really rocking in the early 70s. But sure enough, he came on back and, and he's just, he's falling in love. But I just love that song. You know, there's that meme on your phone, if you like to use those memes, where it says, hello. And it's like, I actually remember in college, back in the day, they used to print the stuff on paper and put it on like the, um telephone poles, kind of like in Portland they still do it because it's still the 80s there, you know? And and there was this great, it was a picture of Lionel Richie, and it says, is it me you're looking for? And it was all over the place, it was so much fun. But but the reason I bring up that song, Hello, is it me you're looking for? Because together we've been doing this series called Amplify, right? And we've been studying Paul's letter to the Romans, and we're in that last series and that section of the book of Romans. But now as we move into Romans chapter 16, Paul just wants to greet all the people in the church in Rome. And so really he's, at this point in the letter, he's saying hello to everybody who's there in Rome. So you don't believe me, I want you to open up your Bibles. Romans chapter 16. We're going to be taking verses 1 to 16 together, a message that I'm calling, Hello, is it me you're looking for? So open up your Bibles, Romans 16. Because I don't know where you are. And I don't know, sorry. You guys, if you don't know the song, you can, everyone knows the song. Even if you're young, you guys gotta go check that one out. So good, Romans 16. I wanna sing this song the whole way through, but I promise that I won't. Romans 16, the very last chapter in Paul's letter to the Romans, says this, it says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Chinchera, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Verse five, likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved uh, Eponetes, who was the firstfruits in Acacia to Christ. Now, you, right here, Paul begins to, to greet different people. And if I were to put this first section under like a, a big heading about how we ought to treat one another, it's simply this, that we should receive people in a manner worthy of saints, we, we should receive people in a manner worthy of saints because first Paul commends this woman Phoebe to the church in Rome and it says that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of saints. Now a lot of people believe that Phoebe was the person who delivered the letter of, Rome, of, of Paul's letter to the Romans. He delivered, she delivered it to the church and he's saying, listen, will you receive her in a manner worthy of the saints? Now here's the deal. Do you receive people in a manner worthy of who they are in Christ? See, because that idea of a manner worthy of saints, depending on what your background is in, in in Christ, I remember growing up where saints were like the hall of fame of Christians. Right? There were all these different saints that people talked about. But really, the Bible doesn't teach that a saint is somebody who sometime later after their death, people say, that person was really, really special. The Bible calls everybody who is born again in Christ... A saint, As I like these, as I've always heard it said, the most important question in life, you're either a saint or you ain't, you know? And that's a big question because if someone is in Christ, the word saint in the Greek language is the word hagios, which we we get our word holy from. Hagios means the, the holy ones. And the person who is a saint is the person who Jesus has shared his holiness with. And the way Jesus shares his holiness with a person is when a person believes in Jesus. In the same way, when you believe in Jesus, Jesus shares his righteousness with you. It's not your righteousness, it's his, that he's given to you as you've received him by faith. And in the same way, when you receive Jesus' righteousness, you also receive uh, the gift of holiness. Not a holiness that we generate through our own actions. But the gift of holiness that Jesus gives to you when you put your faith and trust in him. And the thing is, is for many of us, we don't treat people the way we ought to. See, when you choose it, I'm going to receive people in the manner worthy of a saint. Like, think about how if Jesus just walked in this sanctuary, how we would respond, right? Think about if the apostle Paul just rolled on in, Right? How would you treat that person? Imagine if uh, your favorite uh, movie star came on in, or or your favorite musician came on in, or or your favorite political leader came on in. How would you, you'd roll out the red carpet, right? Oh, here, t- here take my seat. Here's my Bible. And you know, you do all this stuff. But then your brother and sister walks in, you're like, I don't want to move over. I like sitting on the aisle. You guys don't do that, right? You guys, everyone's moving over now. They're like, (laughs) but but you think about it, you want to treat people given who they are in Christ. And, And listen, treating people with kindness is in short supply today. We're so used to getting what we want, how we want it, that anytime there's an inconvenience, we kind of get frustrated with people, like as if it's unbelievable that someone else takes up space on the earth alongside of us. But really, within the body of Christ, Christians should treat people the best out of anybody because we realize that the only thing someone needs to be a saint is for them to put their faith and trust in Jesus. So if it's your brother or sister in Christ, they are already a saint. And so you should receive people and treat them in place with their position. And if someone doesn't know Jesus Maybe your kindness, maybe your generosity of spirit might be the thing that causes them to consider Jesus, then they put their faith and trust in Jesus, and guess what? Then they become a saint. So how we treat people is an evidence of who Jesus is in our lives. Now, I want to give you a a simple piece of advice on if you want to make sure you get this right, I can give you the simplest way to do it, I'm going to ground it in the work of Jesus. It's simply this. You and I, we should always go First. Always initiate. You see someone, you say hello to them. You see someone has a need, you look up. Just always go first. Why? Because the Bible says we love him. Why? Because he first loved us, right? We love God because God went first and loved us. You and I are saints because of our faith in Jesus. If you're here today and you're born again, you're saints. Not because Jesus waited for us to say, Lord, help me, Jesus went first, came to earth, and died on the cross for our sins. While we were yet sinners, he did it. He went first when we were in rebellion against him. So God is the great initiator of all of this, and as his children, we should learn the art of always going first. If you see somebody, you make eye contact, you grab your phone, you pull that thing out, and you so you don't have to... No, when you make eye contact, you should say, Hello... And don't say, is it me you're looking for? Unless you're in love. It might be a good line, but, but, but the idea is you should initiate. You should go first. Why? Because when you receive somebody in a manner worthy of a saint, you treat them with dignity and with kindness and respect. And I'm here to tell you that if someone's in Christ, they are a saint. And If someone is outside of Christ, when we treat them with the ability that God can redeem them at any point, that changes the way we treat people. And we live in a day and age where our culture is lost. You cannot look to our society on how to treat people. But the thing is, is, we shouldn't have been looking to the society anyway. We look to the Lord. The Lord hung out with the tax collectors and sinners. He got in trouble with the religious people because of who he spent time with. Jesus went first on the cross. And I love the Apostle Paul. He hasn't even been to the church in Rome. He's saying hello to everybody. He's saying, Phoebe's here. She's been serving the church. Receive her in the manner worthy of saints in the Lord and a sister in whatever business she may have need of for you for indeed she has been a helper to many and of myself also. So Phoebe has got this absolutely awesome testimony. Right? But then he goes on, verse three, he says, And greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. There's this husband and wife team. Aquila and Priscilla, we meet them in Acts chapter 18. Right? They, Paul joined them in their, in their vocation as tent makers. If you remember, Aquila and Priscilla were used by the Lord to help Uh, Upgrade so to speak Apollos' theology He didn't know about who Jesus was He just knew that God was going to send the Messiah He didn't understand all of it To know who the spirit of God was And Aquila and Priscilla And God used them And they've been moving through the Roman Empire Blessing people All the churches of the Gentiles Know Aquila and Priscilla It would seem that their job of tent making Brought them around And now we find that there's a church That is meeting in their house So, you know, we have to remember that the early church would be, it was a series of house churches in a community, right? So Aquilem still, they had opened their doors of their house. They were running a house church there. And then of course it says this, greet my beloved Eponidas, who is the first fruits of Acacia to Christ. So Eponidas was the first person in that area of Acacia in Asia who gave their life to Christ. So Paul is beginning to greet all these different people. And it's a good reminder to us of what it says in First Peter chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. It says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That that idea of receive people in a manner worthy of saints, it speaks about this, this hospitality, being hospitable without grumbling, right? To have a heart that is generous to people around them. Now, I realize that in this day and age, when I say that, everyone's like, yeah, I don't understand why they're not so hospitable to me, right? But the thing is, they're not saying, worry about how everyone else treats you. It's about how do you treat other people? Remember, you need to go first, I realize that one of the big struggles we have in our day and age, everyone expects to receive, but nobody wants to give. Like, so everybody wants the friend, wants friends, but nobody wants to be a friend. Everybody wants people in their life, but they actually don't want to be in other people's lives. They, They want what they want. And here's the deal. I think one of the main things that is what Jesus does in our lives, the main adjustments, paradigm shifts, is that when, as outside of Jesus, you go into every relationship saying, this is what I want. And when you're in Christ, you're going to every relationship saying, I'm here as an ambassador of Christ for what he wants. And here's the deal. Our selfishness, our thinking that everything should revolve around us, that's what's keeping us from the abundant life. The shift is now, it's not about me and what I want, what I think I deserve. Right? Isn't that, That's the entitlement, right? I'm mad because I'm not getting what I deserve. Right? When you're in Christ, now all of a sudden you're saying, I'm here as an ambassador of Jesus and I trust Jesus to take care of what I need and so I'm just here to help. I'm here to serve. And that's why it says that we should be hospitable without grumbling. Because for many of us, we grumble when it's time to receive somebody, roll out the red carpet, you have to do for other people. But the apostle Paul begins this ending section here and he's talking about this and he's saying, listen, you should treat these people amazing. You know, and then he goes on, and, and really verses six to fifteen here, we get this almost like a like like a bullet point list of saying hello to different people. Look at what it says. Verse six: Greet Mary who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who were of note among the apostles, who were in Christ before me. Verse eight: Greet Amphilius, my beloved in the Lord, greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ and statues, my beloved, greet Apollos, approved by Christ, greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus, greet Herodian, my countrymen, greet those who are of the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord, greet uh, Tryphena and Tryphosa who have labored in the Lord, greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother in mind, greet Athyncracus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermes, and the brethren who are with them, greet uh, Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Now, Really, what we learn here is that the family of God is amazing. This is what we learn here. See, there's all these different people, and we don't know these people, but Paul has little things that he says about each one of these people. And what's interesting is, is oftentimes you're like, "Well, wait, wait, Fusco, you told me already that Paul had never been to the church in Rome. How does he know all these people? But you got to realize that within that culture, people were moving around a lot. How many of you ever met somebody on the other side of the world or the other side of the nation that lives right in this area, right? How many of you gone around to other places? You know, people who know Crossroads, lots of us. Why? Because the world is smaller. And so through Paul's missionary journeys Through the journeying of people for business Or whatever they're doing through the Roman Empire There's all these people that the apostle Paul knows And each one of them is a story in and of itself We don't know, like, greet Mary who labored much for us We don't know which Mary that is There's lots of Marys in the Bible Right? But there's a story behind who she is Andronicus and Junia They might be a married couple We're not totally sure But God used them right they're they're Paul's countrymen and my fellow prisoners so they spent time with Paul in the pokey for the cause of the gospel right people that he knew there right they're of note above the apostles and notice he says that Andronicus and Junia were in Christ before me Amphlius, my beloved in the Lord some are chosen in the Lord we have all these different things and, and really what you realize is that for each person there's a story You know, and and I always think about this when I when I see these lists of names in the midst of the Bible, I always think about if Paul was writing that letter today. I want I I always like I want to live my life that I'd be in one of those lists and not in the list because I did something wrong. Right. Because there are some of those right where someone's in the Bible, their name is in there because they're doing something wrong. But really what this speaks about, this speaks about the testimony of a person within the body of Christ and how God uses unique people uniquely. Of course, this reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 to 31, when we realize how amazing the body of Christ is. It says, now you are the body of Christ and your members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles and second prophets and third teachers. And after that, Miracles and the gift of healings and helps and administrations and varieties of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles. Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I will show you a more excellent way. See all these different people play a unique role in the local expression of the body of Christ there in Rome today. And in the same way, you know, as you get to know the Crossroads family, you begin to realize that there's so many amazing people here in our family. You know, I remember a number of years ago I was over at a, uh, one of our one of our folks here. Many of you know Ken. You know, and, and it's funny, I was in Ken's, in his kitchen, and, and, and he's gonna probably kill me for telling you guys this story, but, but, but on his closet there was all these different lanyards, and literally he has like the, the collection of every style of lanyard ever given out at Crossroads. Like every iteration, you know the lanyards are where you wear the thing. And, and, and it's funny because you could see Ken in all these different parts of his journey as he's growing up like everybody else. And there's a time when he's you know he's got a full head, he still has a full head of hair, but he's you know younger and it's black and white, and then before you know it, this thing is different and this thing is different. And I was like, man, if Paul was talking about the church across, he's like, Man, greet Ken, beloved in the Lord, right? You know, I was just joking. We were, we were in the kids area, you know, and the, and the newly redesigned and the lights are cool for the kids in there. And Brian's like, man, this reminds me of like the seventies, man, you know, it's so funny, but, but, you know, and, and Patty, she's just there doing the check in and Brian's there to bring Brian. And, you know, you just go through the life of this church and there's so many people who are amazing in so many ways. I could do this all day long, all day long, Right. Why? Because the family of God is amazing. But I bring this up because, you know, oftentimes, and I realize, you get any group of people together at any given time, and there's issues, right? Like, there's nobody's perfect except for Jesus. But for, along the way, sometimes people get hurt because one person didn't treat them right, but there's a whole other church full of people who are amazing people, right? Now, we have a tendency to do that, but like, man, so-and-so, and that's not, not really happening here, but, like, for many of us we get wounded because someone said something, but there's all these other amazing people, Right, who God is using in so many amazing ways. I was thinking about this on our on our staff here at Crossroads. There are two people on staff who grew up at this church. Like our uh, director of building services and IT, Jason. His mom was Pastor Bill's assistant, and she resigned her position so she could give birth to Jason. Right, and Jason's been on staff here for like almost twenty-five years. It's like he got taken on staff before there was child labor laws. Now I'm just kidding. He came on when he was 18. And, and then, of course, there's there's Pastor Jason, Jason Ritchie, you know, grew up in this. So, you know, it's amazing when you watch the family of God come together. And some people have been around here for a long time, right? And then there's other people who just showed up, and God wants to use you. But for each person on this list, and I believe that for each one of us, we want to find ourselves as part of the family in a fully engaged way that people would know who we are. People would know. What our history is, people would be able to see the work that God has done in our lives, right? Because God wants us to share our lives with one another. Now, I just gave you a few quick examples because I know I could do this all day. I, could, I mean, I, even as I look around the sanctuary, this is just one of our many gatherings today. And so many of you, there's stories and testimonies and things that God has done and steps that God has moved in your life and the way that God has used you to impact other people's lives. But God wants all of us to be involved in what he has.
1: Jesus is... Today, Pastor Daniel asked you to consider your involvement in your church community and the lives of those around you. You learned that Paul greeted several believers who impacted him. This should encourage you to seek to love and serve others, too. God wants you to share your life with the people you meet and be a person who loves well. In fact, you learned that this kind of welcoming kindness can draw people in and grow their curiosity about who Jesus is.
0: Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook,
1: and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page. That website again is JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will talk more about how to be engaged in your community. You'll see that God wants you to be involved in what he's doing, to partner with him, to impact the world around you. You'll also see that making your church building more hospitable and warm can help you do this. A clean and welcoming building will make visitors feel more comfortable. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series, Amplify. Till then, may God bless.